Ten years ago, I was a huge Trump supporter. I even traveled down to New York to hold a speech at a Trump rally outside the UN building. I just felt like I was saving the world from what you call, what you said, savages, these horrible terrorists, these people that caused 9-11, told me literally everything about Islam and who asked me to start studying the Quran. And I said, I wow. can't study Quran, that's the book of evil. I was still stuck in that. And, we, and there was so much that nobody told me about. To me, it was like, nobody told me this. And I started questioning, how can we be silent when, when kids are in limbs? These children are in parts, in body bags. They are... People, the, evil, the true face of evil has showed itself. Yeah. And like what well, I've never seen such strength and resilience within people in my life and these people are the ones that I once called savages that was the moment that I truly forgave myself that was the moment that I was reborn that was the most powerful thing I've ever been through in my entire life and that's the moment where I really truly bonded with Allah and that's the moment when I realized what a loving faith Islam is. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi everyone. I'm Aisha Rosalie and I'm joined with Reem. I'm so excited because Reem is your new name, mashallah, which I'm going to ask you about, by the way. You became Muslim a month ago during the conflict that's going on. People say conflict, but we shouldn't really say conflict, but during the genocide that's going on in Gaza. And I'm really excited to speak with you and find out about how you discovered Islam, how you're going on your journey, and also why it is that you support the people of Palestine. And thank you so much for coming, seriously. Thank you so much for having me. And you've been sharing a lot on your Instagram about your journey, which has been so inspirational. Even for me, who's a convert, I converted to Islam four years ago now. Um, and just hearing your story, it just it touches my heart so much. So I'm excited to find out more. Um, so you actually mentioned on your Instagram that before you became Muslim, you have you were an Islamophobe for a while. Am I correct? That is true. Um, about ten years ago, I was a huge Trump supporter. I even traveled down to New York to hold a speech at a Trump rally outside the UN building. And that consumed me. Like it was my entire life, you know, it was all about that. And I was actually pulled into this kind of politics through my ex-boyfriend who, who was a Swedish Democrat, Sweden Democrat, which is basically the equivalent to, to the Trump side. Not really 100% because that would be the moment of the not, but it is even more far right. So, and uh, he, he, he made me believe that what I was saying was right. You know, and then I got all these likes and all these followers and people were all like, oh, congratulations, you're doing a good job and stuff like that. And, and, and I was starting to, you know, become, it, be, it consumed me, it became my life. It became everything with me. And I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm going to be honest with that. I actually thought that I was doing the correct thing. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was... You know, I was so proud of myself every time I posted something that 
that to me today is what I would be calling hateful. Yeah. Did you feel like you were kind of saving the world from savages in a way? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where that came from? Mass hysteria in um, media. Yeah. Definitely mass hysteria. Most of all, mass hysteria. I was consumed by the amount of people that started to following me. I was so obsessed with myself. It was all about me back in those yes. days. About me gaining likes, me gaining followers, me gaining applause. It was just about me all the time. And that consumed me myself, which which made me continue and I got even louder and louder and louder. And in the end, I was just being complete a complete douchebag. I was just being rude. I was I was never saying anything nice. Uh, I was angry all the time. I couldn't go live and smile. Every time I was live, I was I was bitter and angry. And um, I was somebody that I didn't want to be inside myself, but I couldn't stop because I had already started, you know. And I wasn't even aware that I was hurting people while I was doing this. I just felt like I was saving the world from what you call, what you said, savages, these horrible terrorists, these these people that caused 9-11, these people that, you know, we're not even going to go with all with all the horrible things because I don't want to repeat it today because it's yes. horrible, so I don't want to say it. But um, it, it became my lifestyle. How did that leave you feeling on the inside? Depressed. Uh, it had me some days not being able to step out of bed. Uh, I started eating antidepressives and antihistamines because of panic attacks. And I didn't know why I was depressed. I thought it was the world. I thought I was depressed because the world was so ugly and I needed to save the world from these savages. I, I thought that was the cause to why I was depressed. And um, something happened and my face was shut down. I couldn't even understand why. To me, that was just some evil, horrible person at Meta shut me down, you know? <laughs> And um, I started thinking about what could be the cost to the fact that I was shut down and all I could find was probably my ex reporting me or something like that. And then I took a break. After my page was shut down, I needed to take care of myself. I needed to battle my inner demons and I definitely needed to handle my depression. So I was actually into the psych ward. I put myself into a psych ward for a couple of weeks, oh, just sure. to rest and to feed myself. And uh, while I was doing that, I, I started reading. I started reading political history. I started reading about the side that I was against back then. And the more I read, the more it became clear to me. I need to talk to someone and not a psychiatrist. I need to talk to someone who's from that side because it was all about sides back then, only about sides. It was not about people being people. It was just about which side are you on? Yeah. And uh, I became friends with um, one of the savages. <laughs> yes. Told me 
literally everything about Islam and who asked me to start studying the Quran. And I said, I wow. can't study Quran. That's the book of evil. I was still stuck in that. And it's like, no, it's not. It's what media shows you that is evil. You have to start studying it yourself. Like really start not reading it as a book. You have to start studying the Quran because anybody can read a book. Anybody can read the words, but you have to take it bit, bit by bit and just read one surah and come to a conclusion to what does that surah mean? What does it actually mean? What am I reading? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about words. It's, it's about what's behind the words. And I realized that before I had just read the words and I have misinterpreted the words just as Western media wanted me to. Mm-hmm. And um, that made me even more depressed because I started waking up and realizing what, how many people's lives that I've damaged on my path. So I took a break from politics and everything that was politics for years. I was gone for three or maybe five years. And during those five years, I, I kept studying basically everything, not, not, only, not only Islam, but also everything around it. I, even the political situation in the world, I started studying um, political science. I started studying political history. And there was so much that nobody told me about. To me, it was like, nobody told me this. And, and, and yeah. that, it opened up my eyes. And, and, and I realized that I can stop being depressed now. It is wow. time for stop judging myself and to start doing something good instead. SubhanAllah, mashallah. I mean, at that time, your page got shut down because of some hate speech. And now you're potentially, probably, maybe your page might get shut down again, but because you're fighting for the oppressed people of Palestine, mashallah. So how did you hear about what's going on in Palestine and why have you chosen the side of the Palestinians? Well, even, even, even back then, even when I was my worst self, I was for Palestine. I never supported Israel. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, We've got that out there. Even when I was this horrible <laughs> that, 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 that I'm still judging today, even back then I didn't support Israel. I've always okay. supported Palestine, but not like this because back then I still accepted it as a conflict. Mm-hmm. I was more like, well, I support Palestine, but they're both wrong. It is okay. a conflict, they're both wrong. That that was basically mm-hmm. my opinion. I thought that we're, we're talking about this world political issue that can never be resolved as long as nobody says, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, was, that's a common belief because I knew that they were the ones who were oppressed. Mm-hmm. Never like this. The media brought me my the attention, what was going on. Uh, not as much as social media did. Social media started posting everything. Like, and I, I started watching this and I was just horrified, completely horrified. I was like, this, this, this can't be happening. This is, this isn't real. This is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking taking side, I learned from my former mistake and I started reading again. Mm-hmm. 
And I learned about the Nakba, I learned about the meaning, what it was. It, it immediately brought me attention to Seifo, what's been doing, happening in Syria. Yeah. And it, and it was like, well, it's happening again. And then I started reading even more and I realized, well, it's still happening. It's not happening mm -hmm. again. It is still happening. Mm -hmm. it's just a continuation of what started 75 years ago. And that brought me to the Second World War, where the genocide was conducted behind closed doors to a world that didn't know about it because it was conducted in silence. Now it is yeah. happening openly so the world can see it, but the world is silent. And wow. I started questioning, how can we be silent when, when kids are in limbs? These children wow. are parts in body bags. They are people. The evil, the true face of evil, has showed itself. And back, back then, when people asked me, "What did you do on October 7th? I was a mental health influencer and a nature photographer. That's what I was doing. So my Instagram page was. I had about. 18,000 followers who basically followed me because I talked about my uh, depression and, and my PTSD. And this is, these are things that I'm not afraid to talk about because we need to talk about mental health. This is something that is very, very important to actually address because a lot of people are suffering from mental illness today. And, um, one thing led to another, and I decided to stop doing what I was doing because Palestine needed my attention more. Yep. So I started posting about Palestine, and I lost, I have lost about 10,000 followers since I started posting about Palestine. And uh, back then, it was still important. Not, not as important as it was when I was a Trump supporter. It had become more unimportant to me. The thing about followers, it had become less important and less important because, because of my mental health journey, I started realizing that it's not about being a popular person. Back then, I would never go on a interview like this without makeup. That's I could awesome. sit in front of the mirror for literally four hours just to do a four-minute screen video. Wow, subhanAllah. And today, I don't even wear makeup. I have MashaAllah, subhanAllah. MashaAllah. And you look amazing, MashaAllah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's the correct answer. I'm happy with who I am. Of course. That's what's important for who I am. I look like this. This is what I look like. Nothing is going to change that. I, God has created me this way. I am and that's what I should be proud of. Mashallah. And you're doing incredible, incredible work. I was so inspired when I saw your page. I just had to reach out to you and get you on an interview. And I was so happy that you said yes. It mm -hmm. is not about us. It is about the cause representing and the people that we're representing through the cost.
That's mm -hmm. what it is. And I see these amazing heroes like Motas, Azaisa, like Bizan, like uh, mm -hmm. Sean. Um, there are so many heroes, like with Sam Gasa, he calls himself this. There are so many heroes out there, and they are putting their lives at stake so that we the truth. That humbles me as a person. Mm -hmm. That really humbles me. Mashallah. So can you tell me about your Shahada? about how you actually made that decision to become Muslim, because it's quite a big decision. What was it that tipped you over the edge in a way? The love. What tipped me off the edge to become a Muslim is that I've never seen such loving people in my life. I wanted to be a part of the love, not the hate anymore. I didn't do it to redeem myself. I didn't do it to gain followers. I didn't do it so oh, look, now she changed her path so she can become, become popular on the other side. No. Did it simply because I wanted to be a part of the loving family and ummah that Islam is. When I started posting about Palestine, when I started supporting the, the children, because that was my focus, children and animals, in, in Gaza, in, in Palestine, I got so much love and most of them ended their messages to me with Alhamdulillah or Mashallah. So I knew ex immediately that they were Muslims. Yeah. And like, well, I've never seen such strength and resilience within people in my life. And these people are the ones that I once called savages. These people that are using their pages, their platforms, to unconditionally support Palestine, even though that they are risking to get shut down. These are the people that I used to judge. What was wrong with me? Like, really, what, what was I so consumed by Western media? Was I so consumed by, by my own country, United States, since I used to live there? I was so consumed by everything that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. I shut my own eyes to the truth and consumed myself and, and choose hate when I could become one of these people who chooses love. So I started questioning, what does this love come from? How can they be so love loving? And I realized what the truth was. Why do you think it is? Why do you think that Muslims are so loving? I think the Muslim people are so, uh, we, the Muslim people, are so loving because we get this love from Allah. Subhanallah. Allah is the loving source to the love of Islam. Mm -hmm. okay, so. cool. Yeah. I actually, um, I remember my friend telling me this amazing analogy. He said, imagine you're on a plane, you're sitting in first class and you have all these amazing facilities, you have everything you could ever want, you have amazing people around you, but you don't know how you got there. You wake up on this plane and you're like, why am I here? What's going on? You're gonna feel panic, right? No matter how amazing the place is that you are, you're gonna feel panic. And he said, this is what life is like without God. It doesn't matter how amazing 
the world is, you're going to feel this panic inside of you because you're like, you, you don't have the connection to God. You're like, why am I here? What's going on? I'm so scared. And I, after hearing that, I was like, yeah, I get that. I get that feeling. I understand. I, I get that once becoming Muslim and having God in my life and having that love and connection. I'm like, how how did I do it before? Like, how was I alive in this like headspace of, oh my God, anxiety and all these things that were going on? SubhanAllah, Allah Akbar. I can tell you uh, that I own, before you before became uh, Muslim and before I actually started reading about Islam and before I actually started realizing that the world doesn't circle around me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that there's no reason to pick hate at all. Uh, I used to eat eight different antidepressants. Today I eat two medicines. And these are the these two are because I have a low serotonin level in my brain, so it is not actually even connected to to anxiety. It is connected to a physical thing. It is connected to a biological reason that make gives me a lower sometimes lower days because lower serotonin amount in my body. So yeah. I just need to fill up on my serotonin and then. And, and pray, and my world is perfect. Mashallah, mashallah. I love yeah. that, like, new Muslim high as well. You're on the new Muslim high. I love that. Yeah, I am the new Muslim high. I have that still, and I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. And when I was in a hospital this time, I, I got contacted by a very, very special person. His name is Dr. Suleiman. He's a Quran translator. And he, he he contacted me and asked me if I wanted to do my Shahada. And I and I, you know, the old me kicked in. And I was like, well, then it has to be perfect. It has to be in a mosque. I have to wear special clothes. I have to wear makeup. And it has to be in the and it has to be the right settings. It has to be the right, the right sound. I need a special cameraman for this. <laughs> And, and then I was like, what, what am I doing? Now I'm doing the YouTube version of a Muslim. Muslim. And I gave it a day and I contacted him back and said, yes, I want to do my Shabbatah. Mashallah. So I don't have a dogs, but I have a mom and dad. I decided to invite the big family I have with my, my friends on Instagram. And I, I, I used to do it live with him. And uh, his first name is Fadel, Fadel Suleiman. And he, I was so nervous. I was in my hospital clothes. I hadn't showered for a day. I hadn't brushed my teeth for a day. I do this thing called snooze, which is a dip. It's a dip bag that you put on your lip. Okay. The teeth. Okay. Stop smoking. So we're doing this instead. It doesn't damage the lung. Not as unhealthy. So I was so stressed by the fact that I felt bad in my mouth and everything. So I said, at least I need to take a shower before I do. If I'm going to be reborn again, I need to be clean when I'm being born. I want to come in 
clean. Yep. So I went and took a shower and, and I went online live. And there I was, hospital clothes. I had brushed my hair. I, I will never forget this because this will never be the only um, I looked like a mess. <laughs> I was so high on morphine uh, because given two doses of morphine uh, like three hours before since I had and then I thought, should I really do this when I'm, when I have toxins in my body, when I have drugs in my body? I, I want to be sober completely to do this. Then I realized, well, I just got this pain reliever. Still, my ear, my head is clear. I still know what I'm doing. I'm not being affected by the drugs. They're just pain mm -hmm. relievers, still clear in my head. So I decided we'll go. So we went online, live, and we did this. And I was so nervous about saying it wrong, wrongly in English. Yeah. In Arabic, mostly Arabic, actually. Yeah. Sitting like this in my hospital clothes, and I, I was sitting like this, and I was like, should I hold my hands in a special way? Should I? Should I said, no, be you. Just be yourself when you do it. So I decided to put my hands in my lap look at him, close my eyes, and follow his lead. And uh, that was the moment that I forgot. Like, that was the moment that I truly forgave myself. That was the moment that I was reborn. That was the most powerful thing I've ever been through in my entire life. And that's the moment where I really truly bonded with Allah. And that's the moment when I realized what a loving faith Islam is. I'm getting teary because I'm just like thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I remember starting to cry in the end of the Shahada. When, when, when first we did it in English and then we did it in Arabic. And I was so focused to say the right words in Arabic. I really wanted to pronounce it correctly because I really wanted people to to understand what I was saying so I didn't make a complete fool of myself. I wanted Allah to understand what I was saying. <laughs> and in the end, I started crying a little bit. And I tried to look away, like, don't don't look at me. And I, I, I promised I wouldn't cry, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> so then I got back on track and we finished it. And he said, well, mashallah, your Arabic is perfect. And I'm like, I am a Muslim now. <laughs> mashallah. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so amazing, seriously. If somebody would have told me um, seven years ago that you're gonna sit without makeup in hospital clothes, um, becoming a Muslim, literally saying the Shahada, becoming a Muslim uh, on a live stream with, uh, with, with somebody that translated the Quran, somebody would have told me, are you drunk? Like, <laughs> this is, this, this would never have been me, you know, I wish that I could show you people the person that I used to be. I wish that I could show you guys the shallow, uh, fixated, hateful person that I used to be. But I don't want to show that person because that's not who I am. That's, that's not, that's never going to be who I am. When I wake up nowadays, I wake up happy all the time. I'm always smiling. I'm always happy. 
Subhanallah. I thank Allah for waking up. I go out with my dogs. Uh, and then I start my day with my schedule. Uh, since I started doing work for Palestine, I quit and ended all my collaborations that I had before. So I, the only collaborations I have now are uh, three people and they're all Muslim and they, um, they all support Palestine. Alhamdulillah. Everybody, everybody contact me and ask me, do you want to collaborate with me? It's like, do you support Palestine? And will the <laughs> do a financial aid for Palestine? Otherwise, no. Yeah. So that has um, basically led to a bad economy, and it has it has given me some some rough changes in life, but it is all worth it. Alhamdulillah. And I think with your shahadu, it's really important to remember that there was a part of you that wanted it to be perfect wanted to have that amazing moment in the mosque with the makeup and the cameras and everything but you chose to do it in a way where you were just maybe not in your best state but you just wanted to connect with Allah and I think that's so amazing to remember that we can come to Allah in any way we don't have to be perfect for Allah we can be as broken or we can be full of sin or we can be in any way and we can come to Allah and Allah will accept us and love us for who we are. And that's amazing because it doesn't happen with humans. It doesn't happen with humans. And um, it's important felt, to remember. I felt like I wanted, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for Allah. So who mm. cares what I like? Who cares what yeah. they all This fixation with our appearance has become sick. Yeah. The fixation with how many likes we have, how many followers we get, it is not healthy for us. It is yeah, just daily stress for each mm -hmm. and every one. SubhanAllah. Allah. It is fake love. It is not even real love. It is fake love. The only real love you can get is from Allah. Mm. MashaAllah. That don't try too hard. Just be yourself. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I've got some final thoughts. Firstly, I would like to hear your final thoughts on what you would like to tell all the Muslims out there who are super excited about your conversion to Islam. Thank you so much for inviting me to your beautiful ummah. <laughs> MashaAllah. Nice and concise. That's exactly what we need. What's your message to the Muslims out there who are perhaps being maybe a little bit too judgmental or pushy with you? Um, this journey is between me and Allah. Only Allah can judge me. Don't forget who you are serving. MashaAllah. Serving you. You are not serving me. We are serving Allah. And Allah is the only one who can judge you. I think people are going to be so touched by this, mashallah. And what is your message to um, our Palestinian brothers and sisters? No, I'm there again. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Uh, we're here with you. We hear you. People from all over the world hear you. You're not alone in this. We are millions of people and we stand with you and every fiber in our bones will not give up this fight. 
and we will continue making a sound and scream until the day that we hear the words, Palestine is free. MashaAllah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, Don't get love. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just such an emotional cause. And you know what? Every day on Instagram, there's a new video that doesn't cease to amaze how evil some people are in this world and um and how strong i was on my way yesterday i was on my way to a protest yesterday uh where i've been invited as a speaker and i started i started going through the speech and when i was done with that i went over to instagram and um i saw these pictures of these beautiful little Gemma birds wrapped we know what we, what we mean when we say birds of Jannah. And I started crying on the bus. And uh, somebody looked at me and I just turned my phone over like, this is what I'm crying about. You should be crying about this too. And she just walked away. And then I started more and I was like, okay, I'm gonna cry on my own. I'm gonna do a little prayer and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for this. But I know it's hard to everybody out there who is fighting for Palestine. I know it's hard. I know it is difficult to watch these images. It is mentally draining. It is affecting us on a daily basis. It is affecting us mentally, even though we don't want it to, but it is. We are so much evil that our minds and hearts are having a hard trouble to comprehend. Yeah. But I want you to know doing enough everything you're doing for the palestinian people is enough you are doing enough as long as you're doing something you're doing enough you don't have it to never be feels like it though does it i know you don't have to be a speaker on a on the rally you don't even have to go to a protest but as long as you're doing something Personally, I wish everybody was out there protesting because we need yeah. to, we, but we also know that we need to take care of ourselves. Mm. Many people are judging themselves for having accessibility to water when the Palestinian people doesn't. Mm -hmm. You have to drink, you have to drink water, you have to eat, you have to take care of your children and your animals, your pets. Mm -hmm. You can't stop living because they they don't have your life because if you doesn't if you don't function it can't be much for them so we have yeah, to 100. be the strongest mm -hmm. to be able to help them mm -hmm. which we can't let ourselves go down with this shit mm -hmm. yeah i agree mashallah amazing advice amazing amazing speaking with you thank you so much for coming on and <laughs> if you guys want to check out her Instagram and um, all the Palestinian content and your journey as well, then I'll link that as well. And thank you guys for watching. Assalamu alaikum.